phenomenal week, and uh, I, I'm just, I, I sat here, and I, and I thought to myself, I love this church. Amen. I'm just so thankful Amen. for the opportunity that God has given to us. Yeah, I mean... Look, the opportunity that we have as a church to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to be involved in taking his love to the world around us. Here's what we've been talking about, right? If your life makes beautiful music, people will listen to what your lyrics have to say. And uh, this last week, as a church, we made some pretty beautiful music. We had the opportunity to have a tremendous impact on our community, and you did it. Leah shared the stats. and We've talked about it, but the opportunity that we had to go out and impact our community and to make a difference. Thank you for being willing to love the 419, which then very naturally leads us, I think, to this question. Now what, 419? (laughs) Now what do we do? We had a great week, but what's next? And in the big picture, I I just got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about what the next, let's just say the rest of this year, what the next five months hold for us, because some exciting things are in store. And as we get into the fall, we're going to talk more and more about some opportunities and things that God is bringing. We're seeing um, growth that God is bringing to us as a church, and that's just an exciting season for us. And we want you to know about it. We want you to be a part of that and see how God is leading and how he's directing us. As we get into the fall, I'm really excited. We're going to be jumping into the book of Ephesians, and we're going to be spending more time in that book talking about how the gospel influences the way we live our lives, that if we truly are followers of Jesus, then it's going to change the way that we live our life. It's going to change the way that we interact with other people. And I've got to tell you, as I'm, as I'm getting ready for the messages this fall, I'm as excited about these as I have been, um, probably anything else that we've had the opportunity to look at from God's word. And there's cool things that are coming as a part of the growth that God has brought to us. Um, if you checked your children in today, if you have kids in children's ministry or maybe in CSM, our student ministries, we started a new kind of electronic check-in system. It's called Fellowship One. This is going to help us as a church, as we, as we grow, to do a better job of not only uh, tracking that growth, but seeing how we can help you to get uh, involved in what God is doing here at the church. If you if you give online to the church, you've already seen that change that we've made in that online giving system. That's an exciting thing. Um, we are more and more at our 10 o'clock service. We're running out of seats in this room, and uh, we find people over in Auditorium 2 in, in what's service. It's kind of our overflow. And as we get into the fall, we'll give you more details. We're going to do some exciting and creative things over in Auditorium 2 in our services because we just need that space to continue to grow. And uh, we'll share more with you about that. Also some things, changes that we're making in our kids and in our youth ministry that uh, if you're a parent and you don't have your children involved, these are big things that we're really excited about. So it's just a fun season that God has given to us to be able to be a part of what he's doing, watching what he did this last week through serve week and in the midst of all of that i came upon this verse in in scripture first thessalonians chapter one verse three if you have your bibles turn there with me today that's where we'll be for the rest of our time together first thessalonians chapter one this is a letter that paul was writing the apostle paul started churches all over the world in in the first century one of them was this church in thessalonica and then much of the new testament that we have are letters that paul wrote to the churches that he loved And sometimes he had to correct them. Sometimes, just to be quite honest, he was was a little grumpy because there were things that needed proper teaching or proper direction. When he wrote to Thessalonica, although he had to help them with theology, he was thrilled with who they were. 
And he was able to say to them, so many good things are happening in your church. Makes me think of Calvary. And when he writes to them, he he writes to them about the good things that are happening. And he says something that's really, I I think, important and strategic. As we read these verses, it, it makes me think of two things. One, as I read it, it reminded me just of how I felt this last week about you, about this church and what you're doing to see the world impacted with the gospel. But it also made me think about the kind of Christian I want to be. It made me think about the kind of church that I want to be a part of. First Thessalonians chapter one, look at verse two. Paul says, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. He uses these qualities to describe the church. And did you hear what he talked about? He talked about faith. He talked about love. He talked about hope. These are three big words for Paul. He uses them a lot when he talks about faith, hope, and love. Have you heard that anywhere else? If you've been reading 1 Corinthians 13, you know that he hits that there. He talks about how important faith, hope, and love are. He comes back to it here in this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. And as he's writing to this church that he loves, he points out some qualities that he not only wants to affirm in them, but I think he wants to reinforce them in them. To say, look, not only are you like this, but as you continue to be like this, it will build the church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Look at this again. Paul says, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now what, 419? Now what do we do? Today I want to share with you three things to remember the week after Serve Week. Serve week is over, but how do we live our lives? What does that mean for the church? Even more, what does that mean for you in your individual life? What does it mean for us as we go back to work on Monday, as we start a new week? Three things to remember, and Paul reinforces them right here in this text. Here's number one. I want you to remember your work produced by faith. Number one, remember your work produced by faith. This is what Paul says about this church in Thessalonica. He says, when I think of you, I thank God because of your work produced by faith. What's he talking about there? He's saying that if they have faith inside of them, then it's naturally going to produce something that comes out of them. He says it's this work produced by faith. And here's just, here's just a reality. What is inside of you will come out of you. Isn't that true? If you are an angry person, then anger comes out the way that you think. If you think you're defeated, then you live a life that leads to feeling defeated. The way that you live, the way that you think, what's inside of you is eventually going to come out of you. And so Paul is reinforcing this for this church in Thessalonica. He says, look, I see good things in you. It's this work produced by faith. Because if faith in Jesus Christ is truly alive in you, then it's going to make a difference. Now, we could probably spend the rest of the day listing the things, listing the differences that it'll make. But kind of in the ideas that I know Paul's trying to communicate to this church, let me hit this in a couple of ways. If faith changes us, consider this. Faith changes how you live your life. If Jesus is alive inside of you, and we've seen this as we've read through the book of 1 John over the last three weeks, 
We've seen John say it over and over again, that if Jesus is alive in you, then it changes the way that you live. It changes how you respond. It changes how you treat other people. It changes how you view sin. It's going to affect your life. Faith changes how you live your life, and faith changes how you live in the world, how you interact with the world around us. John has said to us, as we've read through the epistle of 1 John, that we live in a world that has a tendency to be anti-Christ, that is against the truths of Scripture. And as Paul's writing to this church, first century church in in, in Greece, in Thessalonica at this time, he's saying to them, look, the world around you isn't going to understand the difference that Christ makes in you. But you live that out. You show them, not even so much by what you preach, but how you live. It will be the work that's produced by the faith that's inside of you. I don't know if if your experience was like mine, but as I was out and about this week and I'm wearing my Love the 419 t-shirt, there were a lot of places, because it's a a sharp looking t-shirt. People be like, hey, where where can I get a shirt like that? Or what is this all about? Some guy says to me, well, what's uh, what's 419? (laughs) My daughter said, you should have said, do you have a phone number? And I I didn't say that, but uh, I didn't. But it was catchy. And here's what's interesting. A lot of people didn't understand what we were doing. You know, we, we, had a, we had a group from Calvary every day, actually, that went up and down Conant Street and just cleaned the windows of the businesses. We said, look, we're your neighbor and we want to bless you. And some folks just didn't get it. You, you saw the guy in the, the video that uh, is one of the owners of the gas station, who he's a, he's a follower of Christ. Man, he got it. And you heard what he said. He says, look, if Jesus has done something in us, then it's going to change the way we live. That dude was preaching. We stood out there a long time. And, and Rebecca was holding the microphone. Her arms were getting tired. We thought he'd never stop. We thought about just playing that this morning and going home. But sorry, I got to earn my keep. And uh, But it's the truth. Faith changes how you live in the world. And faith changes how you live with others. How you interact with people on the job, in your family, in the church. If Jesus is alive inside of you, it's going to make a difference. It's going to change that. So understand this. And, 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 and some of you may be confronted by this truth. Especially some of us maybe who have been people of faith for a long time. Is there still something that's produced inside of us because of the faith that we have? And understand this. If you truly are a follower of Jesus Christ, it will change the way you live your life. It's going to make a difference. If you truly are a follower of Jesus Christ, it will change the way you live your life. So does it? Do you live any different? Because of faith that's at work inside of you? Here's what James says, James chapter 2, verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James 2, 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is (laughs) dead. Now, this this is where we can get confused sometimes. This is important for us to understand, especially maybe if if you've struggled with this idea of accepting God's grace, or maybe if you come from from maybe a different faith community of some kind. Sometimes we can get confused, and we can begin to think that we have to have works to be people of faith, that we have to earn our salvation. Can you ever be good enough for God to love you? I mean, our salvation, forgiveness, grace isn't something that we have to earn. It's not something that we work for. It's just not possible. See, the reason Jesus died on the cross is not because you're so good, but it's because he's so good. 
And it's because he gave his life. And you can have that forgiveness. You can have that grace. But it's not something that you earn. You don't work for that. It's a gift of grace. It's mercy that he gives to us. That's the beauty of the gospel. So understand this. When we talk about being people of faith, having faith in God, faith is never something we earn. Faith is not the result of works, but works are the result of faith. If we have faith, If we put our trust in Jesus Christ, then it will produce something in us. There will be a change that will happen as a result. And faith is not the result of works. But what James is saying is that works is the result of faith. Because faith without works is really not faith at all. It's just dead. So um, let let me give you an equation. I know some of you are like, oh man, I'm not back to school yet. But here, let's help you put your thinking caps on. You're only about a month away. Here's an equation for you today. Faith minus works equals dead. If you say you have faith, but there's no works in it, then this faith that you think you have is actually dead. Because faith without works is dead. In fact, Paul says it this way, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So here's my question for you. Maybe take a moment and kind of think about your calendar. What's going on this afternoon? Maybe even more, what's tomorrow look like? Back to work, back to school, family commitments. How will your faith show up in what you do tomorrow? As you go back to, not the weekend, your regular life. How's your faith going to make a difference? Will there be in your life work that is produced because of the faith that's inside of you? How will your faith show up in what you do tomorrow? In fact, that's, that's been the beauty of this whole week. The reason we do serve week is because we believe that if Christ has done something in us, then we have the opportunity to give back, to serve, and to love others. We love because he first loved us. It's works that's produced by the faith that we have inside Three things to remember the week after serve week. Number one, remember your work produced by faith. Here's a second one. Number two, remember your labor of love. Paul speaks to the church in Thessalonica, and I think he challenges us as well to ask some questions about why we do what we do. And he uses this term that it was a labor that was prompted by love. It was our labor of love on on Wednesday night. And you saw it in the very first video that we showed all the elementary kids at Calvary uh, could be a part of a project where they took plants and they put them in these pots and then we took them next door to the mobile home, mobile home court next door and were able to deliver them to people. And it was like an army out there. I mean, all these little kids in red shirts just marching from the parking lot here over there. If I'd lived, I'd, I'd, I'd have hidden in my bedroom if I saw that crew coming. But they came up to the door and they opened the doors and we were able to bless the people, um, our neighbors, with just a kind gift to say, hey, we're your neighbors and, uh, and we love you. And it was really kind of cool. And I had the chance to interview some of the kids. And this part didn't make it to the screens, but I was talking to some of these, these little guys. And I think she's probably second grade or so. And, uh, and I asked her, I said, hey, now why? Why are we out here doing this tonight? And I was ready for her to say, because God wants us to love our neighbors or because Jesus loves us and we want to love them. Or maybe she'd say something like, because we're loving the 419. And I'd get this, you know, great sound bite for the video. It'd be awesome. And so I get down on one knee. I'm right beside her. And I say, now tell us, why are we out here tonight? And she looks at me kind of puzzled. And she goes, well, because we signed up to be out here. 
yeah, but (laughs) you're missing the point. Which leads to this question. What's your motive? Why do you do what you do? What is it that drives your actions? What is it inside that motivates you? Is it just work? Or is it a labor of love? You know, that word labor is an interesting word because it means something really that's heavy. It means work. It means it's going to take something out of you. And when you lift something that's a labor, you know it's going to take energy. It's work. It's heavy. It's all those things. But there's something different when it's a labor of love. Because a labor of of love has some of its own lift to it. There's a purpose. There's a reason. There's something that we, we respond in a different way. It's not just work. It's a labor of love. And it's something where we can come alongside and we can do it for a reason. Now, we've talked about love a lot the last few weeks. We've been in this Love the 419 series. We've been in 1 John chapter 4. We kind of tore apart 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and applied it to our lives. We've talked about this a lot on Sundays. The question is, though, have you thought about it at all on Monday? As you've got out of church and into your life, have you allowed God's love to make any difference? Has it motivated you in a different way as you've gone to your job, as you've interacted with your family, as you've had a conversation with that person that you're just really not all that crazy about? Has it, has it been something that you could truly call a labor of love? Last week, we dialed in on a couple of these things, and I think it's important for us to remember that love goes first. Love takes the initiative and loves those made in God's image without being loved first. It says, look, I'm going to take the initiative to love you. Because if I say I love God who I've never seen, how can I not love you who's standing right here in front of me? You've been made in God's image and I need to love you as well. So I'm going to take the initiative to show love to you even if you've not given love to me because love goes first and we've talked about this and this is this is so important for us to grasp and here's why because if we live our life without love it doesn't have a whole lot of value first corinthians chapter 13 here's what paul said you've heard this before he says if i speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love i'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Here's a second equation for you today. This might help you to kind of put it in perspective that living minus loving equals nothing. (laughs) Paul says if you live your life but you don't express love, no matter how much good you do, no matter how much value you think you bring, if, if there's not love in what you do, it really amounts to nothing. Living minus loving equals nothing. Because it loses its value if it's not a labor of love. So here's the question for you. Tomorrow, as you go to work, as you interact with your family, as you deal with that tense situation... How will love be evident in what you do tomorrow? When you're wronged or when things aren't right, are you still going to be able to express love? How will love be evident in what you do tomorrow? Three things to remember the week after serve week. Remember your work produced by faith. 
Remember your labor of love. And here's a third thing that Paul highlights in verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. He says, remember your endurance inspired by hope. Remember your endurance inspired by hope. There's a couple of powerful words in there. Endurance. I mean, when you hear that word, it's just kind of a picture of strength, of perseverance, of, of patience, of, 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 of might. That you hold on, endurance. And hope. Hope is probably one of the most powerful words in all of Scripture. And it's one of the things that people look for and desire so much. And I think this is so key for us, this idea of endurance inspired by hope. Because Serve Week isn't just one week. It's not just something we do and we showed love for the week and now we're done. And we were kidding earlier about, you know, taking the t-shirt, putting it in a drawer and not being nice for a year, right? But there is some truth to the fact that we need to consider that showing love to the world around us is not just a a, a one week a year kind of thing. Could you imagine if you treated your your different relationships, the people that you love in your life in that way? If If I said to my wife, hey, look, I'm feeling a little worn out. I've been a little busy lately. So let's talk about this. If you expect to, to have me express any love to you, to show you any love, let's just do it this way. June 8th's your birthday. How about that day? And I'll do it there. Maybe Christmas, December 25th, if things are good, and we'll see what the weather's like on Mother's Day. Outside of that, baby, don't expect much. Is that love? Not at all. And yet that's how we that's how we view other people so many times. But what Paul says here is, look, one of the things that's significant about the church is that the church is supposed to be a place that endures. A place of love and a place of works produced by faith consistently. It's an endurance inspired by hope. It's more than a T-shirt. It's living the life. And Paul talks to us quite a bit about these two ideas, about endurance and hope, and how these two things come together. And in in, in studying these concepts, I came upon two passages of Scripture where he speaks very deliberately about these two ideas, endurance and hope. And look, hang on with me for just a few more minutes here, because we talked about works produced by faith, and I think that's terribly important. And we talked about a labor of love, and, and what's our motive, and that's incredibly significant. But I think that this that we're about to talk about, for many of you, is the whole reason you're here today this idea that there is a hope that leads to endurance that there is endurance that is fueled by hope is something that is significant and key in the gospel watch what paul says about this two different passages the first is romans chapter 5 verse 1 he hits both those ideas now this is about this is about five verses what we're going to read so it gets a little long and, and i want you to track with me listen to what paul says here and let's do this every time he uses the word hope would you say it out loud with me So I'll read it, and then when hope is on the screen, you say that word with me. Here's what he says, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the of the glory of God. Not only so... But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, and, oh, a little tricky there, back to back, okay, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, there's something powerful in what he says here. He says, look, as you live your life, rest in the fact that you've been saved, that your life has been changed because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. So as a result, in your life, you can add endurance. 
You can hold on to these things. In fact, look at the terminology that he uses here. He says that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, those ideas of suffering and perseverance and character, they have much to do with this thought of endurance, of holding on even in the tough times. And what he says is this, that in life, with endurance, you will find hope. Here's another equation for you. Life plus endurance equals hope. And for some of you, that's what you need to hear today. Because things aren't looking so good for you. And we're talking about serve week. But maybe the truth is there's, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of projects that are in the midst of your life right now. And you're not sure how you're going to get through them. And I would encourage you to endure, to not give up. Because if you'll hold on, there's hope that's there. This is what Paul says to us. Romans chapter 5, he says that life plus endurance equals hope. I love the perspective that George had in that video we just watched. I asked him about his, his, his thoughts about Toledo. Because you know, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people tend to put Toledo down. In fact, Toledo ends up on a lot of crummy lists. Isn't that true? I'm thankful to live here. And know what God is doing here. And I'm encouraged after this last week. But I asked George about Toledo. He, he lives right in the heart of Toledo. And he said this, you know, and you saw it in the video. He says there's a lot of stats and there's a lot of stories. And there's a lot of places where people get discouraged. He says, but I know that there's a, a people here who are hungry for hope. And so when I look at Toledo, what I see is potential. And I see what God can do. Isn't that a beautiful perspective? Because that's life plus endurance, which equals hope. And for some of you, you might have kind of a crummy list yourself going on right now. Places in your life where you're not sure what the answer is or how things are going to play out. And recognize what Paul says about this. This may be what you need to take home with you today. That if you live your life with endurance, if you do not give up, then you can know at the end you have a hope to hold on to. That's good news, isn't it? However, look what else Paul says. Three chapters later, he brings these two ideas again together, and he he presents them in a bit of a different way this time. Look at what he says, Romans chapter 8, verse 24. He says, for, oh, and, and again, when I say hope, you say it with me, all right? Let's, let's track together. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. He says, for in this we were saved, but that is seen is no at all. Who? Oh, boy, you put the little plural on there, and it throws everybody off. Here's what he says, who for what they already have, but if we for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Do you see what he says here? He kind of flips it around here and he says, look, we're looking for things that we haven't seen yet. We're holding out for things that we that we haven't realized yet. He says, but in life we have hope and that hope helps us to wait for it patiently. What does it mean to wait for something patiently? It means that you endure. And look, here's another equation and watch this. Not only does life plus endurance equal hope, but life plus hope equals endurance. Because if you have something to hold on to, then you can make it through the time that you're going through. If you have something to look forward to, if you say, I know this is out there, then you can hold on even in the tough times. I've heard people say to me this, this line. They've said, I can do anything for 30 seconds. Have you ever heard that? Like I've heard people say that like, like in the gym or if they're going through some kind of pain or if there's some kind of challenge, they're like, I can do anything for 30 seconds. I can do that. You know when I think about that? I think about that when I'm in the dentist chair. 
and I'm sitting there, and it's just, I don't know, I'm not afraid of the dentist, I don't have teeth problems, it's just uncomfortable. You're sitting there, and somebody's got your head yanking it all around, they stick their fist in your mouth, you know, that whole process. I don't like it. But I sit there and I say to myself, I can do this, because I know eventually this is going to be over. I can do anything for 30 seconds. I, I can hold on. I can make it through this until they take their hand out of my mouth. And there's that moment. There's that, there's that rest. And I think to myself, I just, I just, I'll wait. I can do anything for 30 seconds. I've got this hope that in a moment they're going to take their hand out of my mouth. And I hold on to this hope that then I can close my mouth. Which is like Sundays for many of you. Because you hold on to the hope that soon I will close my mouth. It's kind of how it works. I can do anything for 30 seconds. That's hope. When you say, I can make it. I can get through this. Because I know what's at the end. I know that even it's painful right now, even though I don't understand it, even though I don't like where I find myself, here's what I know. I know that I can endure because I have hope. Because life plus hope equals endurance. And so we hold on and we don't give up. And my encouragement to you is that you cannot stop that you keep going because anything that's of value means that you persevere. It means that you will push through because you have a hope that's inspired by what Jesus has done and it creates in us this endurance that we can make it. And the two go hand in hand because when I endure, it gives me hope. And when I hold on to hope, it helps me to endure because that's the only way that things grow and things happen. We did with many of our partners this week, we did, we did actually some pretty significant landscaping projects and I walked up on several of them before they really got started. And they were a mess. You had weeds and you had bushes that were overgrown and you had trash. You had, you had stuff that needed to be dealt with. But we were able to get in there and we were able to pull the weeds. We were able to clean things up. We walked away. I remember I was at one place one day when they were starting. I was there the next day when it was done. I couldn't believe the transformation. It was beautiful. And when Calvary walked away from loving the 419 and doing these landscaping projects, we walked away and there will never, never, ever grow weeds in those gardens again. Isn't that true? Hallelujah. Is that the way it works? Not at all. You know what? You do it and then weeds come back and you have to water the plants that are there, especially if you've just put them in the ground. You've got to tend to them. You've got to care for them. It takes perseverance and it takes endurance. Why do you do it? Do we have any landscapers, gardeners in the room? It takes time and it takes work. Why do you do this? You do it because you have a hope that if I stay persistent, if I endure through the tough times, then it's going to produce something beautiful in the end. And for some of you, that's the whole reason you're here today. That's exactly what you need to hear because what you need is this hope. You need this endurance, and it's inspired by a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that changes everything. So we've had an awesome week, and we've talked this week, and we've, we've lived this week, works that were produced by faith that's inside of us, and we did it motivated by love. It was a labor of love. But let me land here and challenge this. Some of you, what you need is hope. Some of you, what you need is endurance. And let me challenge you today, do not give up. Do not give up on Toledo. I'll tell you what, I, I saw a lot this week that made me so hopeful for our city, for our region. A lot of people who are doing great things to make sure that God's love is shared and that people's lives are changed. And that's encouraging, isn't it? So look, do your part. Play the role that God's called you to. Do not give up on Toledo. But let me tell you what else I felt as I was preparing for this message that somebody needed to hear. Do not give up on yourself. Because for some of you, we're talking about serve week. We're talking about what the church did. We're pretty excited about a great week. And you're going, what? 
What I need is somebody to serve me. I could really use a serve me week. I could really need somebody to come alongside. I need something to give me help and to give me strength. I'm having a tough time enduring. What I need is hope. And look, I'm challenging you today. Do not give up on yourself. Because God has promised in his word, we've seen it here, that there is hope. And if you will endure, he will bring you hope. And if you place your hope in him, he will help you to endure. And he can be with you today. So don't give up on Toledo. And don't give up on yourself. And whatever you do, please don't give up on God. Because he has he showed us in his word. And he has lived it out in front of us that he is the one who never fails and his strength never wavers and his presence is never far from us. And so we've talked about faith and we've talked about love, but I want to land here on hope today. And I want you to know this for those of you who are saying, Chad, I don't have a whole lot of hope or Chad, I'm not so sure how much longer I can endure. I want to encourage you today with this truth. That if you will put your confidence in Jesus Christ, if you will trust in him, as we sang earlier today, if you will affirm that Christ is enough for me, then he will give you the endurance of hope that's inspired by his power at work in your life. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? And I just want to pray a simple prayer as we close. And I want to talk very specifically. It might just be one of you here. Maybe you're watching online. You're seeing this on a screen somewhere. I don't know. But I'm going to ask you to respond. That if in these last few moments, you know that God's specifically been speaking to your heart. Because either you've been lacking hope. Or you're wondering how you're going to endure. And you would say, God, what I need in my life today is the endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I need your hope. I need your endurance in my life today. Would you raise your hand? If that's you, you say, Chad, would you pray for me? I need hope. I need endurance. Man, hands all over the room. Anybody else? Hey, would you pray for me? It's exactly what I need today. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Put it right back down. You're talking to me today. Father, we we look to you. God, I'm so thankful that your word is never... It's never random. God, your word is never wrong. And Lord, we thank you for such a powerful week that you would entrust to us such a great opportunity to invest in this city, in our community. And Lord, we pray that the seeds that were planted this week through Calvary's people, through an army in red t-shirts, God, I pray that you would bless those those partner ministries. God, I pray that you would help those projects to bear fruit so that people's lives could be changed as a result of what you did through your church this week. And Lord, we thank you that as people of faith, we can know that it will produce works that are prompted by love. They're they're labors of love inside of our lives. But Lord, where we land at this moment is on the subject of hope. And Lord, this room is full of people who raised a hand and said, I'm not so sure how much longer I can endure. And I'm not exactly sure where I can put my hope. But in this moment, Lord, we look to you. God, by your Holy Spirit, would you infuse in our spirits today an endurance that's inspired by hope. By the truth that you're with us. 
that as we go through life, we know we can endure because you've given us hope. And then as we go through life and we, we persevere, we endure these times, we know that you're working hope in us. And so God, I pray for every hand that was raised. And, and I pray for those who are sitting in their seats saying, boy, I probably should have raised mine. Would you remind us that Christ is enough, that you alone are the source of hope in our lives? God, thanks for the way that you speak to us. Thanks for the way that you work in our lives. Now, as we go from here, we ask that you would go with us. We pray that you would send us out with your special favor and your wonderful peace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.